this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindus in focus podcast with me amit barua your host for this episode Liz Truss has become Britain's third woman prime minister. She defeated Rishi Sunak to become leader of the Tory party, the fourth leader in 6 years. Truss becomes prime minister with fewer than half of eligible voters in the party's electoral college voting for her. She replaces a very flamboyant Boris Johnson. Truss is faced with multiple issues, especially a looming energy crisis as gas prices hit the roof in the country. some observers are even warning of a potential blackout this winter so what sort of leader will this trust turn out to be is she up to the challenge i'm turning to andrew whitehead former editor of the bbc's world service to answer some of these questions he joins us today from london welcome to the hindus in focus podcast andy hi amit it's very good to be back on in focus again thank you so much so in our last podcast andy You told me that Rishi Sunak might end up losing and he did. Why do you think that happened? Well, I mean, I think the basic reason is because Liz Truss understood the electorate better. The electorate was not the country at large, it was the 170,000 or so members of the Conservative Party. They're the ones that had the vote that determined the new leader and so the prime minister. And they are rather more right of center than the conservative parliamentary party so rishi sunak got the support of uh, the larger number of conservative mps but liz truss was quite clever in tacking to the right in particularly going on about her ambition to cut taxes and that's really what the conservative party membership wanted to hear they want uh, lower taxes and a smaller state and that's what she would pr- she promised she would deliver that's what she said she'd deliver now that she's in power i think the temptation will be that she'll tack to the center because her big aim is to win the next general election but she ran a clever campaign and rishi sunak a decent guy spoke well came across very knowledgeable on the economy he also came across as a little arrogant and you know people here in britain don't mind posh politicians too much but they do mind filthy rich politicians and the fact that rishi sunak and his wife are extraordinarily rich i think was a problem for him so it wasn't a problem uh, his ethnic origins uh, were not a problem his money and wealth were probably a bigger issue for uh, the tory electoral college yes i think so um i mean it's very difficult to work out why particular conservative party members voted as they did i'm not saying that there weren't any who didn't want to have a non-white uh, party leader but i don't think it was in any way a decisive issue and in fact uh, quite a lot of the conservative uh, conservative rank and file were really keen to be able to vote for kemi badenoch who is of nigerian descent but she wasn't one of the two uh, candidates that they had the option of supporting So it's a big change and if we if we look at what Liz Truss is likely to do she is likely to have a more diverse top team than Britain has ever had before. 
Andy, you must have been listening, uh, I'm sure, to uh, what Liz Truss had to say a short while ago. So, so what do you make of a speech? I mean, she said something uh, like a general kind of thing on uh, she wants to turn Britain into an aspiration nation. And she described her predecessor, Boris Johnson, as a hugely consequential prime minister. So, so what does, uh, you know, just take us through what she said and what do you think it means? Well, I wish I knew what some of it meant. Um, for a big set piece, I mean, it was a short speech. It was just four or five minutes. But this was her first public comment as prime minister. And other new prime ministers have made quite a lot of this. I mean, Margaret Thatcher, who wasn't a great orator, she recited the poem of St. Francis of Assisi, and that was very effective. Uh, but what she did, she started off by, as you say, by making a tribute to her predecessor, describing Boris Johnson as somebody who history will come to regard as a hugely consequential prime minister. It's not quite the same thing as a hugely successful prime minister, but there we go. She said she wanted to transform Britain into an aspiration nation. Um, they're two words which rhyme, but I really don't know how otherwise they go together. And then she did talk about her priorities. She said it was getting, getting Britain working again by cutting taxes and stimulating economic growth. That was her number one priority. Then number two, dealing with the spiraling energy crisis and coming up with something which limits uh, energy bills, which are set to triple, triple in, in coming weeks. And then her third one was to make sure that the National Health Service was better resourced um, so that people could have specialist care and see their doctors promptly rather than facing delays, as uh, is the case at the moment. Um, so um, cutting taxes as the number one thing was interesting. I think everybody expected that she would put her priority into reducing uh, energy bills. But it wasn't really, it, there was nothing resonant there. There was nothing that put her stamp on her premiership, nothing that will be really remembered. And I, I think really the, the headline writers for um, the morning papers will be having a real difficulty getting a top line out of that. I'm sure you know the feeling. Yeah. But but perhaps, uh, you know, uh, perhaps it's it's a sign of, uh, you know, what your country is really going through, you know. I mean, th there's nothing very much to be upbeat about, and not just in, in Britain, the rest of Europe, other countries, uh, you know, Asia included. Uh, well, I think that's, that's true. We're having a bad time, though I think we're having a rather worse time than much of Europe. I and mean, let's just look at where we are. Inflation is currently at 10% and likely to rise sharply. We've had a wave of strikes as workers want their wages to keep pace with uh, the sharp rise in prices. We're trembling on the brink of a recession. Uh, we still have the consequences of war in Ukraine, and we have a very bad bust up with the European Union, which shows no sign of resolution. So it's a sort of nightmare scenario for uh, an incoming prime minister. And no, nobody wants her to be cracking jokes on the door of Downing Street, but you'd want some message which is motivating, inspiring, and suggests her compass bearings. And she gave a little of that, but I thought it didn't really have the sense of occasion which I think people were looking to in a new prime minister. Andy, obviously, you know, one of the things people will be looking to is uh, what kind of team she uh, puts in place. And uh, you did mention that it's probably going to be one of the most uh, diverse teams uh, that Britain has ever had. 
So do you think that, uh, you know, someone like Rishi Sunak, who's now sort of called uh, upon the Tory party to sort of rally behind her, do you think she, he'll figure uh, in her team? Uh, I think it's very unlikely. I think it's quite possible that he'll be offered a job, but it won't be as big a job as the one that he used to have as Chancellor of the Exchequer. And I don't think, uh, I suspect he wouldn't be willing to accept uh, a smaller job. So there may be a sort of ritual offering of job and rejection. I don't know, but there may be. But I think it's very unlikely that he will be in the new cabinet. And I think, I mean, I'm not quite sure what he will do. Um, some people say, well, she's going to have a really hard time. Maybe the Conservative Party will be looking for a new leader in maybe two or three years' time. He should keep his powder dry. Other people say that Rishi Sunak might actually say, well, he's given politics a try. He'll move over to the States and make lots of money. I'm not sure he needs lots of money, but nevertheless, it would be, I suppose, something that keeps him uh, purposefully occupied. And I don't think we know. He's come out of this campaign quite well, but not as the winner. And I don't think Rishi Sunak is used to coming second. So it'd be really quite interesting to see how he responds to it. And, uh, you know, speaking of political fortunes, uh, what do you think Boris Johnson is going to be doing now? Well, Boris Johnson does need money. Um, he's got a lot of bills and he's got, you know, it is said that he has got quite a lot of maintenance payments still to uh, to pay out. And he complained when he was in 10 Downing Street that he didn't make all that much money as prime minister. So I think initially he will uh, be looking to... Um, resume the newspaper column he used to write for which he was paid several thousand pounds uh, per column it may well be that he'll go on the lecture circuit particularly in the united states which is very lucrative if he's got the discipline he might write a memoir i don't think that will come out um, in the near future but he might write a memoir he'd probably get People say maybe a million, maybe two million pounds as an advance if he did write a memoir. So that all that will help tide him through. Um, I mean, he's he's difficult to read. Um, you know, when he in his last comment in the House of Commons, he said "hasta la vista, baby," which was an Arnold Schwarzenegger phrase, which also rather suggests he might come back. And then. Um, uh, in his final remarks just now, actually, and uh, uh, just before um, he went off to see the Queen to resign, um, he said he was like Cincinnatus, the ancient Roman leader, who was going to return to his plough. Well, Cincinnatus was this person who led Rome through a period of crisis and then relinquished power and went back to look after his farm. But after a while, he went back into the political fray and resumed power. So whether Boris was trying to indicate that or not, I don't know. I mean, people around Boris say that he's still very bruised by the way in which he was forced out, thinks it was unjust, and might like to stage some sort of political comeback. Um, but I don't really see it myself, but it could really be a nuisance because he has got that penchant for that stinging phrase, not always well considered, and I imagine that um, after a, a period of silence, he will be tempted back to make comments because inevitably a new prime minister is going to do things differently. And part of what he did is going to be undone. And I suspect he won't like that. So I think we will hear from Boris, but I don't think we'll see him uh, anywhere near 10 Downing Street again.
Right. You know, one of the other departures has been that of Preeti Patel as uh, Home Secretary. And um, do you think that, uh, you know, whoever comes in, uh, whoever takes her place now, will there be a change as far as um, uh, migration, immigration issues are concerned, uh, how Britain deals with, uh, you know, the all-important question of refugees? Well, Priti Patel was lucky to last for so long. She was found to have bullied her staff, which normally would have been a resigning matter, but Boris Johnson protected her. And her idea of um, basically deporting some uh, asylum seekers to Rwanda in uh, in Central Africa, a scheme which actually hasn't yet got underway, um, really raised eyebrows. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if the new government actually goes a little bit quiet on that. However, one one interesting point is it looks like, we don't know for certain the, as I'm speaking, but it looks like her successor as Home Secretary will be a woman called Suella Braverman. Now, she's an interesting choice. She's on the right of the party. She's a bit of a hawk on immigration. She's also of Indian origin. So her father is from Kenya, but is of Goan heritage. And her mother is from Mauritius, but from the Tamil community in Mauritius. So it looks like there will be another person, another Desi, if you like, at the top, uh, the top echelons of, of the new government. So before I let you go, Andy, what's your sense of, uh, you know, what um, Liz Trust will mean for uh, relations between Britain and India? Well, I'm trying to say something resonant and consequential. But the honest answer is I don't think it'll mean a great deal. I, I think her government will still want to make sure it gets a good bilateral trade agreement with India, which does give the Indian government a little bit of leverage over things it wants the British government to do. For example, uh, the visa, visa regime, uh, the treatment of Indian students uh, in the UK and things like that. But I don't think that's going to be a real change of policy. I don't think that's going to be a real change of policy at all. Um, otherwise, I can't see anything that's really going to be um, a big change. I think the really interesting thing is, um, you know, as a new prime minister with the economy, economy tanking here, you know, when the economy goes glug, 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 uh, voters tend to blame the party in power. Uh, so the... Uh, I've got a bleep. I'm sorry about that bleep, but I'm um, I'm saying that when the, the the economy starts really suffering, voters tend to blame uh, the party in power. And I think the really big test for Liz Truss is will she win the general election, which is due by the end of 2024. And if you want a one-word guess from me, it is no, she won't. Well. That's quite a significant prediction and we have to take you seriously because you did predict very correctly what's going to happen in the contest between uh, Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss. But by the end of 2024, everybody will have forgotten my prediction. So I'm safe. That's true. But but we are going to we are going to return to, you know, analyzing your predictions from time to time if you allow us, uh, you know, the, uh, that facility. So we'll, we'll be watching closely what happens. And I do hope to be talking to you again in the Hindus in Focus podcast, Andy. I hope so very much. I look forward to it, Amit. Thank you so much for your time. Cheerio. In Focus will be back soon 
with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.